Hey, everybody. I'm Gayla Zos. Welcome to episode number four of the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. This week is a rookie mistakes week, which means this episode will be dedicated to a discussion of marketing related screw ups, landmines, disasters, and pitfalls that can happen to you when you're new to marketing or if you don't know what the heck you're doing. In this episode, I talked to Charles Alexander, the director of the Small Business Development Center at Volunteer State Community College in Gallatin. Charles has helped thousands of people in Middle Tennessee launch and grow small businesses. He's also got a really cool side gig. He produces explainer videos for financial advisors and insurance agents. In this episode, Charles and I talk about some of the most common ways that small business owners go wrong when it comes to marketing their businesses. It was a fun discussion, and I think you'll get a lot out of it, especially if you want to find out what not to do. Let's listen in. Welcome to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you're a budget-conscious small business owner who wants to learn more about marketing, join us weekly as Simple Marketing Academy founder Gayla Zoes helps you make sense of today's mind-boggling array of marketing options. So, sit back, relax, and get ready to cut through the confusion, because the Simple Marketing Academy podcast is starting now. I am here today with Charles Alexander, Charles is the director of the Small Business Development Center at Volunteer State Community College, and he's also owner of YourCharlesAlexander.com, which is a business that produces explainer videos. And Charles is going to talk to us today about where small business owners go wrong. And he's got a lot of experience and a lot to share with us. So with that, Charles, how are you? How are you? I'm doing really, really well. I want to start out with a little information about you for our listeners. People here in Middle Tennessee know you as that guy at Vol State Small Business Development Center. Tell us a little bit. (laughs) Tell us about your background and how you got to where you are today. I fell completely bass backwards into it, if that makes sense. I, uh, like a lot of folks uh, in our area, Sumner County, I was working uh, for a large franchise or serve pro, do fire and water cleanup, and they had these franchises all over the country. Uh, and I'd been in their training department for years, and I'd always had a training background up to that point. And I looked at Vol State as an opportunity to teach some adjunct courses. Uh, and as I got to looking, uh, they had this new thing called a small business development center. For any listeners you have, wherever you fo- find folks are, Obviously, we have one at Ball State, but they're all over Tennessee. They are all over the country, usually located at a university or a college. And they only do two things, but they do them really well, specifically uh, one-on-one business coaching and then uh, low-cost or even free workshops for small business owners or people that want to be small business owners. I grew up, uh, giving you a, a little bit of a background, in a, you know, with a family that owned a wide variety of businesses uh, in the Middle Tennessee area, mostly retail, which is probably why that's not one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, Furniture stores, rent-to-own stores, mattresses, uh, a wide variety of other little knick-knack things. And I had always kind of carried that as something that I understood. I knew it worked. I knew it didn't work. And one day I figured I would also do that uh, on my own. And 
that's kind of gotten me to where I'm also running my own small business. As you mentioned, I came up with the super creative name, yourcharlesalexander.com, where I make explainer videos for financial advisors and insurance agents. And I run that uh, through a lot of automation, delegation, and uh, saying no to a lot of stuff. Uh, so I can do that on the side while I work full time as a director at the Small Business Development Center. It sounds like you have a really full plate, but it sounds like very satisfying work helping small business owners get started, grow their businesses, optimize their businesses, and just explain better what they do. You are a hundred percent correct. That is that's one of the things that attracted me to this. So when I was working at ServPro, you were doing this for small business owners all over the country, and it was the same type of business, fire and water cleanup. Uh, but doing it you know, here at home, so to speak, you get to see the business owners one-on-one, um, and you get to really kind of, you know, not just in the beginning, sometimes you come in the middle, but you're helping them fix, fix a problem. Uh, and there's a, a wide variety of issues that may be causing it, and you almost get to play somewhere between pop psychologist and personal trainer to fix, help them identify whatever that is, either kind of give them the information yourself, lead them into the right place. But as I drive up and down uh, Nashville Pike, I'm able at this point after having been there for so long, uh, and my kids are freaking totally unimpressed with this, but I can point left and point right of, you know, I I helped them get started. I helped them grow. I helped, you know, them obtain this PPP loan that let let them keep employees, and it, it's really satisfying. Well, and that's what makes you the perfect guest for this episode, because small business owners can go wrong in a lot of ways when they're, when they're getting started. And so for someone who's just dipping their toe into the marketing world, either as a small business owner or somebody who's sure. newly in charge of marketing for a small business, they might not understand all of the things that can go wrong, but, but you do. And that's why today, this episode, which is part of our Rookie Mistakes series, mm-hmm. is focusing on what I call those foundational mistakes, things that you either forget to do or you choose not to do them because maybe you don't have the time or the money to spend. But they're things that if you don't do them, for whatever reason, they can come back and haunt you later. I want you to, to, to talk about some of those mistakes that you've seen business owners make that can impact their ability to be successful? Well, if you're uh, looking at, let's say, the startup phase, you know, uh, generally it boils down to a lack of experience, planning, and capital right out of the gate that can that can deter you and, you know, in a lot of cases, make it very difficult for you to ever get back on track. And unfortunately, when I say experience, most people, uh, especially if you're talking about pe- people that are getting into the marketing space, they have experience in marketing. And it may be for a large corporation or a nonprofit, but when they start their own business, they don't have a lot of experience at running the business, which is really unfair because how can you get experience running a business until you run one? It's like having kids. I've got three at uh, eight, nine, and then a 12-year-old is going on 18 for some reason. <laughs> uh, you know, you can read all the parenting books you want, but until you get hit in the face with it, you don't quite understand uh, how to implement it. So the lack of experience in terms of marketing yourself on a consistent basis. It's easier in a lot of these cases to market for other people than it is for yourself. And that's uh, for a wide variety of reasons, whether it's imposter syndrome or uh, you know lack of clarity on your own part because you haven't done your own work to figure out who your target customer is and the right message, 
Uh, but then even working with other people, how do I delegate some of these things? How do I automate them? How do I do the bookkeeping? The lack of experience uh, out of the gate is one of the things that hang people and they never really overcome it. They just try to keep uh, outselling out it. And then even a, a lack of planning, which I, I get the case where you have people that get paralysis by analysis and they'll plan forever and never make a decision. Uh, but in a lot of cases, people mistake reading, talking, thinking, praying, um, telling your neighbors all about what your business is going to be instead of, uh, they mistake it for planning. It is not the same thing. Um, give you a quick example. You ever, you ever been to Disney World Gala? Believe it or not, I have not. Dude. All right. Well, just in the pond, in the podcast, hop up. You got to, you got to go to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, I'll, I'll spare you some of the details. We've been a couple of times, uh, and then even on a Disney cruise, because I guess my wife doesn't want to send all of our kids to college. Uh, so after uh, doing that, you know, you realize very quickly, a lot of the planning is baked into what they do, and they're really good at it. But unfortunately, my wife decided to plan as well, and she is a planner. She's an accountant. So when we get ready to go to Disney World for just a few days. She's got an Excel spreadsheet and tabs for days. She even has a V lookup. Why? I don't know. It's all color coded. And I realized she had put more planning into this seven day trip than most of the people I work with do uh, for starting their own small business or even uh, doing it on an annual basis. Plant your seed, figure out where you want this thing to be at the end of three months, one year, three years. Uh, knowing that it will change, but do it anyways, just for the exercise of it and to force you to think about it. Where's the end in mind? Where are we going? And then once you can establish that, whether it's a dollar amount and it needs to be tangible, not, I just want to help people and just want to love on this. That's all cool. Uh, but you know, how much, how many dollars and cents do I really need to make to make this thing viable? Not just the gross, but the net. When do I need to make it? How many employees do I need? How many customers do I want? Uh, what what about these packages that I'm offering? You know, is it all service based? If it is, it can't be all things to all people. Let's narrow it down and start that planning process. Come up with the end in mind and then work backwards into it. Uh, but those are the first couple of things out of the gate. Just in that that haunt business owners for a long time that they just don't they don't pay enough attention to. They they refuse to gain the experience they need in the areas in the business they're uncomfortable with, and they uh, just won't plan for stuff. Yeah. And I think that for some small business uh, or would-be small business owners, people who want to start a business but maybe haven't started the, the process yet, the idea of owning a business is is really more interesting than the reality of oh, actually doing the work. Oh, it's so awful. <laughs> it's I have so many people, and, and I and I've I used to be super patient. I'm losing some of that the older I get, and I thought I would gain more. But people that are so excited and they're, you know, making this midlife transition in some cases, and they have the name and the name's super cute, and they got a logo, and they're trying to trademark everything under the sun, and they haven't sold a flipping thing, and they're not even close to it. You're right. the The Shark Tank uh, mentality of I've got a cute idea, and all my friends and family love it, so I guess I'm gonna do it, and then. Reality hits. You're you're 100 right, Gala. The 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 grind. I hate that term, by the way. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> the, all of the buzzwords. The, yeah, but the grind and the getting up early and the staying up late and the always thinking I'm doing this wrong and everybody's going to think I'm a failure. That's the part people don't want to deal with, and they pull the trigger uh, on their business and, they, and they'll bail on it pretty quickly too. And a lot of them won't even take credit for it after they bail. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I've seen occasions where people have made a lot of those mistakes. And maybe they maybe they got their business going and they had some initial success, but they forgot to do or or didn't want to do some of those foundational tasks. And right. so they were successful for a while. And then the leads dry up, the business stops growing, and they're looking around wondering, you know, what, what's happening here? Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about why that happens and, and what people can do about that. That's what I call the solopreneur uh, roller coaster. And I see this quite a bit. You'll have someone that will get some initial success and we'll just, I mean, we can use any example, but let's say you take somebody that is a, a digital marketing consultant and they come out of the gate with a handful of leads that they already knew from previous uh, relationships. And you get this client, this client, this client, and you end up with five or six and it's right, right out of the uh, uh, gate. You're making a few bucks, but you're focused totally on that. So what slides in the meantime? Well, your own personal marketing and promotion and the things you need to be doing to set up, you know, planting seeds uh, for the future success. You're not writing, you're not creating content, you're not doing daily outreach and, Sure enough, you'll lose one or two clients just from life, attrition, whatever. And then you're sitting there, you know, with your hands, you know, folded in your lap, figuring out, trying to figure out what went wrong. So you get really busy. And I hate that term too. Uh, you, I'm going to come back on here. We're going to talk about all the terms Charles hates. I hate busy. Busy is a four letter <laughs> word. They, they get really busy. And they'll, so, you know, they'll start networking like wildfire and they'll uh, kick up the email marketing and then they'll post left and right. What happens? They get one or two or three more clients. Life is good. Well, what happens? They lay off the marketing and they get back on the roller coaster and they start working busy, busy, busy for my clients and loving on them and taking care of them. And again, you'll lose one or two or three. And it's just this up and down, never ending cycle that most people attribute to just life or, you know, without ever really taking a step back and trying to figure out how do I ultimately scale this thing. And I'm not a person that says every every person on planet Earth has to grow to a Fortune 500 and you need an army of people working for you. But if you ever want to make, let's say, real money, and real money is whatever you think it is, but probably more than you made at your job, uh, if you want to make some real net earnings and you don't want to be involved in every single step of the business at some point, you have to get off that roller coaster. You have to set some processes in place, take a hit on short-term revenue with a focus on long-term growth, which is really hard to do um, uh, because a lot of people start in undercapitalized, which we can talk about in a minute, which is a whole separate issue. But the idea being that you're willing to take some of these gut punches that don't feel good and have procedures set in place, SOPs, whatever you want to call it, uh, to outsource and delegate some of the tasks that you're taking on so you can actually grow the business and get off that roller coaster. Yeah, the roller coaster is definitely exhausting. And and it can be demoralizing for someone who has this belief that, that you know, the experience should go a certain way. So I'm interested in hearing you talk about what help the Small Business Development Center offers for business owners so they can either avoid these foundational mistakes or recover from them if they've already made them. Absolutely, folks. Uh, and it may very well be in the show notes, but I'll write down this jumble of letters, tsbdc.org, which is the worst URL on planet Earth, but it's ours. Uh, in the, uh, it's a pretty simple concept. You can request an advising appointment with 
you know, wherever you are, and that's within Tennessee. If you're a nationwide, just Google Small Business Development Center in your area, and there will be one. Uh, you can get uh, not just a face-to-face uh, advising appointment at one at whatever point uh, you know the world allows it, but you can also do phone. You can do uh, Zoom. Uh, there's a wide variety of workshops there as well. You are not alone in terms of this uh, up and down cycle. In terms of the issues you run into. Uh, there's a ton of other folks that do it, and there are people that are paid by primarily with your tax dollars uh, to help walk you through some of these bumps and bruises that you will get in life. And, uh, you know, it's you know, there's not a limit. There's not a, a cost to it. You just need to get up and go do it. Uh, and it's always helpful, to, if nothing else, just to talk all of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, issues out loud as uh, woo-woo as that sound. It's very, uh, it, it can be a little relieving, uh, but better yet, you have somebody on the other side that can, you know, hold your hand say, yes, I understand. And here's, here's how to actually fix it. Now they can't fix it for you. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I've, I've had to let a lot of people know over the years, I can't write your business plan. I can't walk, you know, with you to the bank to get that scary loan. But, uh, I, I'll tell you what, what you need to do, uh, from a very honest standpoint. And that is, um, you know, if you're willing to do the work, the, the resources that are there are, they, they need to be used. Uh, and also, I, I keep neglecting, but those workshops are extremely helpful as well on a wide variety of topics, a lot of which are inexpensive and even free. Yeah, in fact, I just saw an email from uh, from you that Dang had a list did. of free, I mean, there were there were probably 10 uh, workshops on Dude, all different topics workshops. that were free, absolutely free. I think only one of them had a cost associated with it. So there are tons and tons of free resources out there um, that are paid for by your tax dollars. Yep, should be using it. Yep, yep, that's good advice. So let's let's sh- let's shift gears for a moment. I want to hear about your business. Talk about how the services you offer can help small business owners avoid some of the rookie mistakes we've been talking about so far? In terms of the business I started, gosh, it's been five or six years ago now. I wanted to get into writing and creating email newsletters. And, you know, uh, it, it, like most small businesses, like a lot of the people that are listening, what you did in that first year or second year has slowly evolved into something else. So now I specialize in 90-second explainer videos. Now, for you folks that are listening, an explainer video is, you know, when you go to somebody's website and they have this cute little animated thing that breaks down this complicated process into a 90-second story and tells you exactly what they do, I make those. And I uh, primarily do this for financial advisors and insurance agents. But with that being said, I work with a wide variety of uh, different small business owners, and I even work with a lot of uh, marketing people for their clients to help tell, take a, a complicated topic or uh, concept and boil it down. So as Gayla could tell you, a lot of the marketing that's out there, branding, the websites, uh, it's wrong. It's it's wrong <laughs> and it, it makes children cry. So when you go to, you know, your website, and if and, and and I'm stealing and tell me if it's not cool, but StoryBrand uh, now uh, business made simple. But StoryBrand.com was kind of where I I get some of this inspiration from. If it can't pass the grunt test, uh, and this is whether you use an explainer video or not. If I'm on your website and then within three seconds I can't clearly tell somebody else what you do, you, you you've messed up. And it's not just your website; it's your 
whatever it is, your brochure, your business card, your elevator pitch, somebody talking to you at a cocktail party and you bore them for five minutes meandering around what you do. You need to very clearly be able to tell somebody, you know, this problem, X, Y, Z, this problem, I fix that by doing this. And this is the results that people get by working with me. And I also like to think that uh, story-based makes a big difference in a lot of these cases where whether you're giving out a case study or you're telling a fictional story of how you help somebody, that helps resonate for anybody to really understand clearly what you do and not just get mixed up with all of the other, God, the sea of other people that do what you do. And even though uh, we've talked, you know, Gayla and I chatted before, the world is wide open in terms of being able to go out and do what you want to do. It's easier than ever, even though we complain about it more than ever. Uh, but there's other folks that are in your space and they all look, walk, talk and sound the same. It's like pulling Kleenex out of a box. You have the opportunity to be totally different and differentiate yourself from these folks. Uh, but it just takes a little bit of work. Yeah, it's it's very, very interesting how many, many of the clients that I work with, the biggest issue they have is explaining what they do. It, and part of the problem I see is that they they have difficulty looking at their value proposition through the eyes of their target markets. And that perspective shift, I think, is what makes all the difference. And I think it, it sounds to me like one of the things that you do for clients when you're producing this explainer video for them is that you 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 do that perspective shift for them. It's not just about, well, this is what I offer. Right. That explainer video is saying, here's a problem you have, prospective customer, and here's how I solve it better than anyone else. You are 100% correct. So let's make an example. I work a lot with financial advisors. And if I go to 10 financial advisors' websites, I will see all of the same jargon, all of the English words in the in the world on their front page with a lot of stock photos. So when you talk to an individual advisor, a lot of these a lot of these uh, men, women, they're great. They they want to hold Gayla's hand. They want to figure out what her future needs to be, how to get her there. They want to plan it with you step by step, but they have a hard time telling why they're different. So the first thing I have them do is fill out a very simple six question form. And you'll you'd even be surprised. There's a few folks that never really kind of get past that uh, because they've never thought about it that way. And the, it's simple stuff. Uh, and it's stuff that, you know, Gala has to do for you guys uh, quite a bit. It's who, first and foremost, who are you trying to work with? And it can't be any and everybody under the sun. Uh, if that's the case, you know, you're you're already in trouble. But is it more male or female? Are they, you know, do they have a family? Where are they located? What what are their likes, or their dislikes? And what problems do they have? And this works well for B2B as well. It doesn't have to be just a individual, well, you know, what business do you work with? Types of businesses, where are they located? How many employees do they have? What, what problems do they face? And very specific problems, not just the problem, but the emotion that is attached to it. So if you're looking at it as a financial advisor, who do you work with? Well, usually pre-retiree, somebody that's mid fifties that has never really had an advisor. What's their problem? Well, their problem is they, they're nervous. They're worried. They don't know who to trust who are you? Well, I'm, and that's where you have to also do work. Well, I am generic so-and-so with all of the letters behind my name and certifications and 30 years of experience. Cool. That's what everybody else said. And not to be ugly, no one, no one really cares. You're uh, this person in their area that specializes in pre-retiree planning, and you might have a special software, a specific process that you use. 
And then how does that help them? Well, they get to get peace of mind. They know that they have somebody in their corner. It doesn't have to be into the nitty gritty and it doesn't have to try to explain to somebody every single solitary thing you do. Tell them about the top two or three things you do that bring you, you know, 80% of your revenue. Use the 80-20 rule there. Uh, And then all of the other add-ons can be brought in later. If you tell somebody 10 things in 10 ways, they hear none of them. If you tell them one thing 10 times over and over, about that 11th time, they'll understand it. That is very true. Okay, Charles, let's wrap this up in a few key takeaways for our listeners. All right. What are the most important things that a business owner or a would-be business owner or a marketing person should be thinking about and doing if they want to avoid these foundational mistakes we've been talking about? Ooh, that's a big question. But I would say, as generic as it sounds, come up with an actual plan. Doesn't have to be a 50-page business plan with charts and graphs. A one-pager will be fine. At the end of this year, I want to be XYZ. I want to make this much money and do this and do that. Uh, And then work your way backwards into that goal. Uh, Secondarily, get off of that roller coaster. As you work your way backwards into that goal, put Put the marketing you need to do on your calendar and treat it like a doctor's appointment. You know, if you get real busy, uh, but you have a chiropractic appointment and your back hurt, you you go to it. You don't skip it because I just got so busy. Treat these things like doctor's appointments. And and the same goes for automating your tasks and delegating your tasks. Put them on the calendar and do not move it. If you erase it, you must replace it. I stole that from somewhere, too. It's a good one. It is. I think that was the one thing, guys. Either who. Uh, but then lastly, uh, you know, make sure that you also have a genuine niche. And I heard you say niche. We here in Middle Tennessee, we say niche. Uh, <laughs> make Have a niche and then stand on it. Be proud of it. Explain it over and over until you are embarrassed to say the same thing over and over. Uh, and then once you get to that point is when people can finally hear you. They have to see or hear from you 7 to 12 times to even know you exist. We get 5,000 marketing messages a day. You need you need to get it out there on a consistent basis. Get it on the calendar. Uh, get off the roller coaster. And, and, you know, that plan will help you get to that point. Well, that all sounds like great advice. Charles, if our listeners are interested in learning more or possibly working with you either at the Small Business Development Center or in your explainer video business, how can they get a hold of you? I'll give you three ways. For the Small Business Development Center, Our uh, again, our website is tsbdc.org. If you're looking for an explainer video, I made that one super simple. It is yourcharlesalexander.com. And folks, if you take a look at LinkedIn, Charles Alexander, you'll find me. I'm the handsome guy, uh, bald with a beard, smiling at you. All right, Charles, thanks so much for joining us. And I think we've got ideas for about 15 more podcasts in the future. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review? It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback. And speaking of feedback, if there's a topic you'd like us to address on the podcast, let us know. Just drop us an email at info at simplemarketing.academy. The Simple Marketing Academy podcast will be back next week with more straight talk about marketing your small business. See you there.